Hello, this is Vimo Workplace Podcast. My name is Alex, and today we talk with Kenny about PWA, what we should do, what we should not do, and uh, anything in between. Uh, Kenny, um, really nice to meet you. Uh, and can you please uh, tell us about uh, yourself and your journey in Vimo? Hi, Alex. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm Kenny. I've been at Vimo for almost five years. I am a senior front-end developer, uh, and I specialize in performance and JavaScript. Um, yeah, um, Vimo was my first foray into Magento projects, to be honest, uh, on a commercial level. So yeah, previous to that, I was working uh, a lot in WordPress um, and other CMSs uh, and custom builds, but yeah, Magento has been a journey, let's, let's put it that way, uh, over the last five years with Vimo. Yeah, definitely. So uh, today we uh, gathered to really talk about uh, PWA 101. Basically, what are the cornerstones of a uh, great uh, PWA experience and great PWA website? So with that, I think before we start talking about PWA. Can you tell us what is PWA and uh, what PWA is not? So a PWA is a progressive web app. Uh, and a PWA is essentially a website that behaves like a native um, phone or tablet app that you would access through an app store. Uh, whereas instead of being accessed through an app store, a PWA is accessed directly in a web browser. Uh, and just like a native app, a PWA can work offline, it can send push notifications, and it can be installed directly on your device's home screen. The best way to think of them, I think, is it's like a mixture between a traditional website and a native app, giving you a mixture of both worlds, the best of both worlds. I think that's the simplest way to put it. That is great. Uh, and I think um, PWAs in e-commerce specifically and in Magento world been there for like since like 2017, I want to say. I think in, in 2017, it was when Magenta, uh, back then it was Magenta, not Adobe Commerce. They introduced partnership with Google and said that we we, we see us moving forward um, with uh, progressive web applications. And our kind of vision is uh, PWA Studio. And we'll be developing that. And I think in a couple of years, they came up with the first uh, public release of PWA Studio. Is that is that right, uh, I think? Adobe being Adobe, as we love them, they, they're really good at naming things. Uh, and their choice of naming for PWA Studio is a little bit ambiguous because basically what PWA Studio is, it's a toolkit um, that allows us to build commerce systems um, as a PWA, essentially. This one's particularly React, uh, but there are lots of others out there. But it can be a little bit difficult sometimes with, with the naming Clementor that, that companies are picking. But yeah, essentially, PWA Studio is, is a toolkit um, to build commerce front ends. Um, and, and, you're, and you're right, it's a concept that's been around a long time. Um, we, I mean, the, a concept of a single page app, which is, is similar to a PWA, has been around for decades. Um, we used to use jQuery for that. Uh, Facebook, the early Facebook, was a single-page app. Um, that's that's kind of how React was built uh, on on that kind of concept. But in terms of commerce, um, it's it's kind of the ideal situation for a PWA in in most circumstances, particularly kind of B two C customers. Uh, PWA is a great is a great um, 
tool for that because it, you, as I said, you can like kind of leverage those native app features that that you would normally have to do via a traditional app route, which is a lot more overhead, uh, a lot more different technologies involved, and of course you have to you have to go through the app store to get your app there and out there. And PWA is kind of is kind of in between that because. Um, it's just a lot easier to access that, and, and most commerce, as you know, particularly B two C, any barrier in 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 front of people being able to buy stuff, i.e., even just going to an app store, is a barrier for sales. So PWA kind of relieves that a little bit with commerce. Definitely, and uh, I still remember that time, and probably you do too. When uh, that was my first job at uh, e-commerce agency, I came in, and one of my clients, I was project manager. And one of my clients, they were using different themes for the uh, desktop version of the website and mobile version of the website. So if you would like to make a change on the website, you would need uh, kind of two separate um, code changes to do that, basically. And I think after that, uh, we, we had that explosion kind of app store and native apps and everybody wanted their native app to be out there. And I think that that is the same story, basically, because what is on your website is not necessarily on your mobile app. And um, those live kind of in separate worlds. And I think PWA uh, makes them use the same code base, the same database, um, the same kind of everything. And uh, you have um, at the same time kind of device-specific experiences, but also unified experiences. And I think this is great things of um, PWA build. But um, talking about kind of the PWAs, uh, obviously we talked about um, Adobe Commerce PWA Studio. We talked about their reference theme is Benya, uh, but there are also different technologies like ViewStorefront 2, and um, I think recently we had ViewStorefront introduced uh, ViewStorefront 3 and their React-based um, storefront, which is not React uh, storefront, which is also different. So maybe you can talk a little bit about technologies uh, powering PWA approach in e-commerce specifically and how would one navigate in that landscape and choose the technology-wise? Great question. So generally speaking, most PWAs, that we, when we talk about PWA, what we're actually talking about is a JavaScript app. So most of the PWAs that we understand and work with today under the hood are running JavaScript, uh, certainly on the front end and, and, and a lot of the time on the back end as well. Um, so yeah, the, ba the basis of all PWA, in my opinion, is JavaScript. And JavaScript interfacing with browser technologies like push notifications, uh, etc., things like this. In terms of technology, the big frameworks are out there. As I said, most people have heard of React. Even if you're not technical, you've probably heard of someone mentioned React somewhere. Uh, React is obviously a framework was, that was originally developed by Facebook uh, or someone working at Facebook to solve a problem that they had. Um, there is a lot more as well. We used to have something called uh, Anglia, Anglula, sorry, um, that was kind of PWA based, the, the version one. Uh, we have Vue, obviously, as you know. Um, so Vue is taken a little bit further. So Vue is a, is a JavaScript framework to, to build PWAs, essentially. And you, uh, Vue have, uh, there is a product now called Vue Storefront, which is a commerce system built on top of Vue, uh, the, the JavaScript framework. Uh, and then on top of that, we have uh, extra things like UI frameworks uh, that are built in. So Vue Storefront is, is a really fully featured uh, framework in order to, to build commerce. It's very commerce focused. Uh, whereas React is is 
is much uh, less commerce focused, I would say, uh, and is much more, it's more of a library, I would say, React than a framework. Um, it, you, can, you can build your own components and stuff just like a, a regular PWA, but essentially most of the big uh, commerce PWAs that we work with today are either built on React or Vue. React being PWA Studio mainly or custom builds, I would guess. So PWA Studio, for, from my experience, is, is, is React. So Venia, which is the UI layer in, in um, PWA Studio, is, is essentially a collection, a loose collection of React components uh, and hooks, um, React hooks. Uh, instead of calling them hooks, they call them talons uh, in PWA Studio, but it's the same concept. If you're familiar with React and the way it works, you'll be very comfortable in PWA Studio. Um, View Storefront, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you can actually now use React with View Storefront to, to, to make things uh, more fun. Um, but this is great. This is great news, obviously, because choice choice is great. Uh, I don't like vendor locking. I don't like being locked into a single framework. I, I have my preferences of frameworks, but it's better that we that we have the choice that's, that's best for the project. Uh, I believe it's still in very early stages, but it's it's really exciting to me that we now have that option to use React in View Storefront, which is obviously a very popular choice for our clients at the moment. Yeah, I think it was a great uh, discussion about like technology landscape and how to orient yourself there. And uh, we'll be sure to put out uh, some links in show notes that you can follow and learn more. But talking more from merchant perspective, what are, and let me, let me ask you this catchy phrase that I can then use in show title, what are five things that you would kind of recommend uh, either consultant or uh, merchant making the choice of to build PWA website, what are things that uh, they need to consider? So number one, I would say is choose your technology stack very carefully, uh, simply because there is a world of choice out there, particularly with JavaScript apps uh, and the frameworks and support surrounding them. There's a lot of options and it's very easy to become snowblind to those options. So I would recommend only considering a few at a time uh, and trying to make a decision from that rather than trying to evaluate everything on the market because that's a full-time job in itself. So that's the first thing I would recommend. Secondly, I think this is important for all projects, but particularly for PWA, and that's make great UX a high priority for everyone. No exceptions. That's from, your, from the product owner right the way down to the delivery team. If everybody keeps UX, great UX in mind, you, you'll end up with great UX. Uh, number three, and this is quite dear to my heart, is is build with performance in mind from the beginning. Best way to put this is you can't retrofit good performance. Reg- regardless of what you read online, you can't you can't retrofit good performance. Uh, if you build the thing with performance in mind, you'll end up with a performant website. That, that's generally the approach that I recommend. Number four is use native features like push notifications uh, responsibly. Just because we can doesn't mean we should, because you should think of it your own way. Uh, nobody wants to be spammed by notifications by any website. Nobody wants their battery to be run down uh, because of that. So use those. Use those. With great power becomes great responsibility. So it's, you should use that wisely. On that, uh, actually, uh, for for the notifications, I think 
when you when you see like as a merchant, for example, the um, ability to introduce uh, push notifications on your application on on your website, it's like immediately you think about something marketing related. But I would actually argue that things like order statuses uh, or um, delivery statuses um, or maybe kind of you marked uh, some product as uh, you're interested in that product and that product goes on sale or is back in stock. I think those are some of the greater use cases for the push notifications that actually don't kind of trigger negative feelings um, uh, in your customers. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right there. And, and with the right marketing approach, you, you can you can market with them uh, and, and not annoy people. But it's it's a fine line, right? I mean, none, I don't think anyone any of us enjoy... Uh, being spammed, and, and I think the the definition of spam is quite loose um, from person to person. So, yeah, the, these technologies are really powerful. Um, it's only recently actually been introduced into Safari, Apple's Safari, which which is big news because obviously a, a, a huge sector of our market um, use Apple devices. So we're, we're starting to see people use it out in the wild on their websites. So. It, it's looking good at the moment, but it could easily kind of turn into the Wild West where everybody just pings everyone. And, and, and I know what will happen ultimately. Users will turn it off uh, and, and you won't have any opportunity to send the messages anymore. So, yeah, using the, these technologies are, are really powerful, but we have to use them responsibly. Just just like the whole uh, location thing, right? When, when we started, when we had the power to check people's location and, and use that in JavaScript, etc., a lot of people abused it uh, and just requested your location for no reason. Where it's the same, it's the same situation here. And you're right; it, it's it's not only direct marketing that these things can be used for. It's uh, much more nuanced than that. Yeah. So I'd say finally, for the do's, it would be trust your data, make your choices, and build according to your data. If you're migrating from an existing commerce system and you start from scratch and you're building a PWA, it seems an obvious point, but but you should absolutely check your data and see what your audience is. Uh, if most of your audience are on mobile, for example, that's where the focus should be on your PWA uh, and vice versa. If, if, if your customers are on desktop, mobile should be less of a concern for you during that build. So trust trust your data is, is, is my advice. Awesome. And um, yeah, th- that is awesome piece of advice for someone uh, starting their exploration of PWA landscape. But um, on opposite side, do you think there are some things that they should avoid while doing so? Um, kind of what are the don'ts of uh, good PWA experience? Absolutely, there are there are many don'ts. Um, to summarize the most important ones, I think the first one would be don't default to third-party libraries and solutions for absolutely everything. Uh, it's very tempting because, as I mentioned earlier, there's a world of options out there, particularly around. JavaScript apps um, for the most simplest tasks, we can we can install a package that will do it for us uh, and save us save us two hours today. But actually, we we just installed a hundred kilobits of JavaScript to to sort an array or something. Yeah, it's we're saving two hours today, but we're actually adding technical debt in the future. Um, and with the PWA, it's very easy to accumulate technical debt because um, it's JavaScript, and JavaScript technical debt is extra expensive. That's the first thing I would say. Uh, secondly, this is a general one and I think can apply to all projects, um, but don't add unnecessary complexity. Less is more. If you don't need to overcomplicate something, don't. Again, it seems like a very obvious point, but 
as I said, when you're working with these kind of technologies, the, the, the choices are vast. Uh, and it's very, very simple to overcomplicate things uh, and become lost in that complexity. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, trying to undo that kind of complexity later on in the line is, is next to impossible. Um, so build your foundation very carefully uh, and less is more is my, is my advice for that. Thirdly, don't assume that every PWA is fast out of the box because there is a lot of literature online around how fast PWA are and, and the uh, benefits around performance of PWA. But there is no magic bullet in a PWA for performance. What PWA allows us to do is build a very performant website, but it's certainly not performant out of the box. There's no framework that's just fast out of the box. Unless we're talking about basic sample data with a few products with a couple of attributes. And let's be honest, none of our clients uh, or, or any of the projects we work on are in that situation. So yeah, it, it's really it's really easy to assume that things are going to be super fast when they're not. Um, performance is still uh, a big concern for PWA, perhaps more so because, as I say, it's a very JavaScript-heavy experience. Uh, uh, and on slower devices, uh, lots of JavaScript equals lots of loading. So yeah, uh, fourth one, this is something I've experienced quite a lot. And, and, and I would say don't make SEO an afterthought with your PWA. Uh, because there are a lot of technical, extra technical considerations that you need to take into account. Uh, and it all depends on the framework you use, how, what kind of rendering you use. Because with the PWA, it's possible to allow the browser to render the code for you. And it's possible to render that code on the server and then send it to the browser. Uh, sometimes we can render... Uh, we can we can render on the server and, and only show that to bots, etc. There's a lot of complexities around this. Um, there are al already a lot of third-party frameworks that aim to fix this uh, because because it is a concern. But definitely don't leave it to the last minute, the last the last uh, task to do your SEO because I think you might be surprised at how much you would have to do uh, because the way that PWA works on a technical level is is very different from uh, a monolith app that's rendered on the server and displayed in the browser. So yeah, SEO is a big concern for PWA, particularly if you already have a lot of SEO juice in your links. Uh, you've done a lot of work around SEO. It's very easy to, to lose that if you don't pay attention when you migrate. Uh, and finally is the opposite of the, of the last do, and that's don't ignore your data, because if you do, um, you're going to have a bad time, I promise you. So if, if you're... If you're, all of your user base is on mobile um, and you're optimizing for desktop experience, you're, you're essentially optimizing for users that don't exist in your user base, which is, is never a good thing. Uh, in an ideal world, we would optimize for everyone, but unfortunately, we, we, we don't operate in an ideal world and we have to do what we can with the data we have. But don't ignore your data is, is, the, is the biggest don't I can, I can give you. Yeah, I, I think those are awesome pieces of advice. And uh, Kenny, thank you uh, very much for the conversation. I think that was very insightful. And uh, as said before, we'll make sure to add um, links uh, to the show notes that you, you can learn more. And uh, Kenny, on your behalf, I think people can reach out to you in Slack and ask uh, any questions. Uh, um, responsibly. <laughs> uh, your time is limited, but uh, yeah, of course, uh, reach out. And um, before we go, uh, Kenny, I would like to ask you, we have this uh, segment called uh, uh, Content Corner. And in there, I would like to kind of hear from you 
about like recent movies or TV shows or maybe books uh, that you enjoyed and uh, what are your content recommendations for our audience? I'm not a big TV guy. I'm going to be honest with you. When, when I watch TV, it's generally trashy stuff. Uh, my favorite show is The First 48, which is like a true crime thing that I just put on and zone out to. That's that's my my realms of TV, I'm afraid. Um, I, I read quite a lot, but unfortunately at the moment I'm not really reading anything. But when I do, uh, some of my favorite authors are um, Christopher Hitchens, uh, Salomon Rushdie. Um, I like a lot of history books as well. I'm very sad like that. I, like, I, I enjoy history a lot uh, and I read a lot of factual history books. Uh, and also read a lot of technical manuals because, as I said, I'm sad like that. So I really, I really enjoy that. But uh, for me, um, music is my television. Like, I, I listen to music all the time. Uh, we would need a whole other podcast, Alex, for me to tell you what I listen to, to be honest with you. I listen to absolutely everything. Uh, I love music. Okay, so maybe I uh, will grab, are you on Spotify team or Apple Music team? Uh, Apple Music, because uh, I'm, I'm, inter I'm integrated. Uh, I used to be Spotify, but I'm, I'm all, all in on Apple Music now, and I love it. That's great to hear. I also recently switched to Apple Music. I hate um, Spotify's UI on mobile devices. I like cannot stand that. To be honest, um, the the... Apple Music mobile app is fantastic, but the Mac app is, is absolutely not. Uh, it's crashing for me every 10 minutes, but I don't think Apple have ever had a history of, of good music apps on their desktop. So, Yeah, but Apple has a lot of history with music. So uh, they, 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 they are really, they are hitting this weird like balance of being really into music, but not really into kind of music applications as we know them in 2023 so it's uh it's interesting cool so we'll make sure to add apple music playlist from kenny or playlist recommendations from kenny and then a couple of books uh on amazon that you can explore for yourself and uh, maybe read through kenny thank you a lot for this conversation uh and um, yeah stay tuned for more and um yeah Cheers. Thanks for having me, Alex. Cheers. See you soon.